following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Confident to the mic. I'm right sorry. I, 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 I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna miss it. I really did. This is this is why that he will keep that mic shut off next time. Yeah, I I really thought I was gonna miss it, and I damn it. I want to uh, <laughs> dedicate this show to Brian Flores fighting the good fight, kid Woo. from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I was in a class action lawsuit one time. What? With Sir- against SiriusXM. Wow. For what? It was back in 2014, a former intern nah. sued them because they weren't paying interns. Whoa. And I went there, of course, as an unpaid intern in 2012. Right. And, yeah, I didn't care. You know, <laughs> I was there for the experience to meet celebrities and have a good time. And don't I don't have to dress up when I'm there. And yeah. I, I thought that was a big deal. Yes, I don't he... like dressing up. And uh, all of a sudden, this gal comes out with this lawsuit. I'm like... I get the letter in the mail like, hey, you got this class, class action lawsuit thing going on. We're just going after, we're, we're you know getting in contact with these interns that were at SiriusXM from like 2010 to 2014. Hey, if you want to get in, it's pretty much free money. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, so I did. <laughs> I got about 800 bucks. What? Yeah. Dude, that works. That, that works. works. Took care of uh, renting uh, about uh, three months of rent at that time. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's good. Um. Uh, Brian Ford, those text message screenshots between him and Bill are, are those just, were baffling. Oh my god, those were tremendous. Ooh. Oh, I, I did get entertained. I mean, I feel bad for Brian Flores. Yeah. I feel bad for Bill Belichick Bill, after that almost because well, he looked like a complete idiot. He's, right, a total buffoon. And you know, he it's like it's one of those things. Like, be honest, have you ever looked like a buffoon in your life before? Have you ever done or said something where you go? Boy, do I want to run away and hide for the rest of yeah, my life. Yeah, I mean, I mean, essentially, it was drunk dial. <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes down to. It was drunk dial. And he was, first of all, if we're taking it by his word, he was just trying to congratulate somebody that he that he Correct. Knows. And they're both guys that had worked on his staff. Right. But there's a theory. Oh, boy. That he went ahead and, and spilled the beans to get the, you know, get at the Giants. The the text message part that of it was interesting. was maybe the most shocking part, but I would say the most it felt like the most obvious part of it. Like we knew it was going on, but we just never knew like what the details of it exactly was. Was the part that he's accusing the uh, the I suppose ownership of the Miami Dolphins they were going to pay him hundred thousand dollars for every game they tanked in twenty nineteen. Explosive. I think we all knew that was happening, but we just didn't know the numbers. Hugh you know, Jackson was... actually alluded to the Cleveland Browns maybe having paid him to do some of that. He didn't quite yeah. come out and say it today, but he implied it. Absolutely. And NFL owners are like the mob. They'll say, I'll pay you this much to tank, let's get it done, and then we'll get this other guy in. But what they do after you're done doing their dirty work, they cut you. Now They, they get rid of you. Now here, here comes what's interesting. Given the amount of gambling on football, oh boy, who's first to file the lawsuit? Oh, boy. Mitch. 
<laughs> he's got he's got class action. I know a lawyer. He's I, got stuff good. He's I, got I, a good lawyer. He's I been a, there before. I shared a tweet someone today, uh, joking about and and basically turned it in the gambling ads. You know, free with promo code FBI. Ah, <laughs> I like that, dude. Ah, I like that. Um, I also think it's so many interesting things coming from that one story because it's just another. It's just more proof that these owners, they talk to each other, and they talk to each other about people mm-hmm. and hires and potential hires, and they go, don't hire him. He didn't play ball with me when I wanted him to. He was difficult. You get labeled difficult because you're like, no, I'm going to go win, man. Here, here's how bad this story is. Even the miscues in D.C. today regarding the Washington commanders <laughs> can't cover this up. No. I don't mind the name. I don't have a problem with the name. I just think it's been mismanaged. I tweeted it. I thought the logo was Snoozeville, but pretty I'm much fine with the name. It's yeah. no big deal you, to me. You do know that it. There's going to still suck. You do know that a TV station snuck out the video last night. I saw that helicopter that, footage. I, well, I was pretty distracted ah! last night, but I did not know that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, funny. They, they one of the uh, TV stations sent up a chopper around the stadium, and because it was dark, they could peer in and see. Where in basically one of the uh, suite areas, they had already replaced the logos. Okay, and I, that was how they broke the story of what the new nickname was going to be. I was I, like, I'm, I kind of dug the football team. I, I really did. Like, I remember. I think I got used to it. You know, y- yeah. I, I it's, remember, it's gonna be the same with the Commanders, though. You don't like it at first, but then you get used to it, and right. it's no big deal. And then it's like it never was anything else. I kind of like the fact that they did at least hold to the helmet style. Yeah, the cool. W on one side, the number on the other. That was cool. I liked that. I liked that. I'm good with that. Um, you remember when the Kansas City Wizards they changed their name, and it was Sporting KC, and yes. everybody hated hated it. it. But um, I have a buddy that worked on the group that came up with the idea when someone says sporting kc you know what sports they're talking about you know the colors you know where they play and you it, like the brand is so strong nowadays i love it the whiz <clears throat> ah! as they were affectionately known yeah that was just a bad branding for the franchise and the hunts had the right idea sure. in terms of of what they were trying to do in terms of a tie, but it just never worked. And and then you factor in that they were playing at Arrowhead. Yeah, much different beast at that time. Absolutely, man. That, I mean, how many people's careers were ruined because they were running on astroturf? You know, what I mean? right? Like, the soccer. Well, oh and God. and the crowds were awful. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's that's why you also you know have seen MLS. Teams avoid the stadiums now, the yeah. huge stadiums. Yeah. That's to their benefit. Yeah. It's worked out pretty well. And that stadium's gorgeous, by the way. Sporting KC's place, man, is a gorgeous stadium. That's one I did not get down to see Dick Sporting Good Park yeah. and intended to and just did not get the chance to out there. But So funny story about when they renamed the, renamed the stadium Children's Mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from uh, from uh, what was it? Uh, Live Strong. CM Park. Was is a Twitter <laughs> handle? Oh wow! And guess who got a lot of tweets? <laughs> oh when man! When that park and that Twitter name became a thing, he was like what? CM Punk, <laughs> who's a very popular professional wrestler. I mean, extremely popular <laughs> yeah. professional wrestler. Yeah, CM Punk is his handle. Wow! He was getting a lot of uh, getting a lot of attention from soccer fans. It's like, first of all, guys, I like hockey. Oh uh, God! Oh, Here well, we go. And it's like, he, he's probably so confused to start yeah. off with, like, what is happening? Oh. 
You guys want to get to know uh, some new Wildcats? Because yeah. earlier today, and by the way, welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, <laughs> and David G. Sage is with us today as well. Uh, today is the regular start of the signing period. Um, as it is February 2nd, ground on day. Uh, six more weeks of winter, by the way. Oh. Um, four new names were added. These are guys signing on either from the high school ranks or the JUCO ranks. Three out of high school, and one of them is a JUCO. And uh, by the way, we also got to uh, meet all the new transfers that came in, including uh, Adrian Martinez. He sat down with the media. You're going to hear that tomorrow. You're also going to hear from Derek Young from KCN Online tomorrow. By the way, still to come in today's show, Mitch Palm, of course, making its return with the Oklahoma State game tonight. And it's our final interview for the season with Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. We're going to talk the AFC Championship game. But first, let's meet Adrian Lara, quarterback 6'2", 215 from Goodyear, Arizona, Desert Edge High School. Love the name. Three stars. And he picked the Cats over uh, Kansas, Iowa State, Arizona, Oregon State, and Washington State. You might remember uh, Nick Rolovich from Washington State. Mm -hmm. He was fired because he didn't get the COVID-19 vaccination. So because of the change of the guard and a new head coach coming in, Laura decided to pull his commitment from Washington State, open back up his recruiting. Here come the Cats. Colin Klein, uh, Coach Kleiman, all those guys coming in, home visits, everything. They brought him into Manhattan. Here's Coach Kleiman, what he had to say earlier today um, about Adrian Lahr. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, Adrian Lahr, not Martinez. Tremendous arm strength, uh, really talented quarterback, can throw from all platforms. We were looking for a guy that could really sling it from sideline to sideline and, and throw vertical balls and uh, have great touch and great arm strength and uh, uh, excited about him. His dad's one of the coaches there. And so he's uh, a coach's kid that uh, um, he just knows about the game. So we're excited about him, and he'll come here in the summer. He was the 26th best quarterback in the class of 2022, according to Rivals, 6th best overall in the state of Arizona. And he's thrown for some big numbers in his career, over 10,600 yards, 117 touchdowns. He had a four-year high school career, and his passing percentage, his completion percentage, was 62.5%. I've mentioned it on the show multiple times how I do like some parts of his passing game right now. He puts grace in the football. He knows you know, how much to put behind it. He's got to lob it over the defense. And I've said he puts a lot of grace on that football. It looks really pretty when it leaves his hand, but he doesn't have the zip yet. He doesn't have the fastball. He doesn't exactly put it on the numbers, you know, on a crossing route or, you know, a slant route when he has to fire it in there. Defense closing in, middle of the field. He doesn't have that yet, but it will come. It's the difference between being a uh, red button. I don't know. I didn't realize I turned you off. It's the uh, difference between being a high school quarterback that can get by with being able to float the ball out a little bit and let your receivers run underneath it versus having to squeeze it into tight windows that Skyler tends to be pretty good at. We got, you know, we so we've seen quarterbacks in the past. Like I remember distinctly, L. Roberson had a fastball, but he had no curve. He had no slider, had no changeup. It was all coming in, pumping 100 miles an hour all the time, every throw. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's nice to see a guy with a little bit of English on it. Like I kind of like that. Spin the ball around a bit. This is an intriguing recruit and somebody that I think if we put the work in on him, he's going to be real good. We also have Jacob Parrish, a defensive back, 5'11", 170 out of Olathe. He went to Olathe. It was listed on the website, Olathe East, but apparently it's Olathe North. 
So he's from Olathe. We get it. <laughs> Two stars uh, picked the Cats over Army, Air Force, and also six others. Here's Coach Kleiman. Defensive back is what we're recruiting him, recruiting him as. He's a phenomenal athlete, could be a receiver, great kick and punt returner. Um, we've been contacting and communicating with him uh, since he came here in camp in the summer, uh, but kind of kept it uh, under the radar a little bit um, because we thought we had a real gem there and a hidden gem with, with Jacob. And uh, uh, he's extremely fast, extremely physical, very athletic, and excited to have another Olathe North product here. Coach Kleiman mentioned kick returner, and he's going to play some special teams, I'm sure, early in his career. With all these four, these four guys that are signing today, they're not anybody that's going to be day one on the field most likely. They're going to work their way up, even though defensive back was a need for this recruiting class. But he did play defensive back, running back, and wide receiver in high school. And I mean, he had 137 career total tackles. He had 55 as a senior, but he also had six uh, interceptions as a defensive back. He also rushed for nearly 2,000 yards and also 22 touchdowns, and he had 1,300 yards receiving. Ooh. So he is a toolbox, and I, I mean that in a good way, yeah. a toolbox. <laughs> he's got multiple tools in that box, um, but he has speed. I noticed that as well. He's a, he's a great track athlete as well, um, played basketball, so he's got some hops. Wow. He's going to go up and get a, a football, so he can do a whole lot for you, but he's going to start out, sounds like, as a defensive back, but you know, don't be surprised. You know, later on, maybe in his career, he does move to another position. Dang. Got a Kansas kid, Tyson Struber. He's listed as an athlete, 6'2", 188, out of Galva. So he's a Canton Galva kid, a star at the eight-man level. I was going to say record setter at the eight-man level. And coming in as a guy who maybe wasn't recruited per se, but is going to definitely be someone they expect to make an impact. Eighth best player out of state of Kansas, according to 24-7, and he holds the career Kansas eight-man records for career receiving yards, 4,040, and career touchdowns at 70. And he <laughs> finished two catches shy of tying the career mark, and he led uh, all players in the state regardless of class with 1,472 receiving yards. Here's Coach Kleiman. Could play him at wide receiver, can play him at defensive back. Um, probably start him out at wide receiver, but uh, can do a lot of different things. We're going to see what he can do when he gets here. Um, and uh, He's out of Galva, Kansas, another Kansas kid that came to camp, did a really good job at camp, and just love his athleticism. And so we'll, we'll kind of play it out and see um, where he ends up playing for us. But uh, um, he's got uh, tremendous ability and will be another really good special teams so guy, too. Sorry, Coach. Another speedster, track and field guy, state champion in the 200 meter. And I like that. I like track guys. Yeah. They're fast. Now, according to K-State Online, I got this from their website earlier today, this was a very easy recruit for K-State because he's a K-State fan through and through. He wanted to be a Wildcat, childhood favorite team. I think this is a great get for K-State. And then finally, to wrap up the four guys that signed today, um, Ryan, if if you're listening, you might have to text me and correct me on the pronunciation, but I'm going to give it a shot here. Vi Sayamalu. Vi Sayamalu. So he's a transfer from Garden City Community College, but he's out of Hawaii. Uh, his nickname is Uso. I know that from wrestling. I don't know the meaning of Uso. We didn't get to talk to him today. Uh, so we'll find that out at a later time. I could probably easily Google it. But uh, two-star kid, pick the cats over Akron, UNLV, Jackson State. And again, he's a transfer from Garden City, so he played under uh, Tom Minnick. And he was the 31st best overall community college prospect in the 22 class, second best 
at defensive tackle, according to ESPN. Impact player who uh, did some things in the championship game, the conference championship game, when it was played this fall at uh, the uh, new stadium in Wichita. They played at the uh, at the uh, Wind Surge Ballpark, okay. their Riverside Park, uh, and uh, and really had an impact on that championship tilt against Hutch and and made some things happen and committed two days afterwards. He he was very quick after completing his Garden City career to get into the fold for K State. Nice. He's arriving this summer and uh, he's a defensive lineman, so I he's another one that I don't expect to be on the field right away. That's already an area that is very confident about what is returning. But like like Kingsley Ugwu, I'm sorry if I'm messing up that name, but I believe it's Kingsley Ugwu, going to sit out potentially a year, hang out for a while, get to know the position, get to know the town, get to know the university and the uh, style of K-State football. And I, But he is the one, I would say, maybe out of the whole group. He might be the one that's ahead of everybody. That's a tough pick, but I just – I like. You know the experience he already has. Yeah, I like that, and I love that he was very successful at the JUCO level. Freshman year, he's out of there. He's out of Garden, coming somewhere that's much better. <laughs> and uh, he's an island boy. I tell you too. what, when I love we that. when we come back, I, I do want to uh, play a couple of interviews for you. They're quick, but it's with a couple of uh, transfers. Virginia transfer defensive back Josh Hayes, and also coming up next, linebacker out of Maryland, University of Maryland, but he's a Jacksonville, Florida kid. Had a fun time talking to him, Brandon Jennings. That's up next on the game. Bye, Sayamalu. But I'm going to, you know, when it comes to the uh, getting back to the bill and announcing, it's going to be Uso. (laughs) Got to do Uso because you can drag it out. Uso, you know? the fans are gonna love that baby. I, I'm, I'm jealous. My goodness, the hair! Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it's true Samoan hair for sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty I like sure Samoan. I like that man. I like the island boys. That's good. He and he is a he's a, what's his stats looking like? What's his, what his size? Because I thought I saw that he was he a, is yeah. six five. Yes, I, I saw six four. <laughs> yeah, load. Well, he's listed here as six three. His rival said six four, three oh five. Ooh, yeah, Biggie, that's a big. Boy. I mean, he's Eli the, Huggins. Oh, maybe he, I don't think Eli Huggins. Uh, Eli's six four, but I don't know if he's three hundo. They're talking about utilizing him as a nose in the three three five. Yeah, baby, eat him up, kid. That's right. Eat Eli, them up. Let them know, brother. Eli, I can't wait. So Vi Uso has 10 pounds on Eli Huggins. Damn. Whoa. <laughs> Uso, dude. I'm excited, brother. I can't wait to see this guy. I hope he tears it up, man. You know, what's funny, so Brandon Jennings, new linebacker on the team. He's coming in out of Maryland after a year at Maryland. He is 6'3", and when I went to interview him, he was just sitting down, and nobody was talking to him. So I was like, I'm going to go talk to this guy. He looks like he's fun to talk to. And uh, he's like, you want me to stand up? I was like, no, I am (laughs) 5'5". You do not need to stand. We can sit down, and everything's cool. Well, I think when you're sitting down, you're more relaxed. It was just us. We can open up a little bit. So I wanted to get back to like the Meet the Wildcat questions, have fun. And I did ask him one of those questions. But first... Uh, let's actually start out with Josh Hayes. I was excited to talk to, about him uh, to him because I'm excited about his grad transfer year. He played a few seasons under Coach Kleiman at North Dakota State. He was able to play just three games when he transferred to Virginia last year, but an injury took him out for the rest of the year, so that left him with a redshirt year. 
but he comes down to Manhattan for his final year of eligibility. Does he feel comfortable being now in Manhattan? This snow we're dealing with right now. Wrong interview. I <laughs> knew I would do that. Here we go. It's nice to be around coaches, you know, familiar faces and stuff like that. So being able to come here and be around Coach Kleiman and Klanerman and Coach Riley and stuff like that, again, it's just it's comfortable. It's like a home feeling. Yeah, they were. I think, uh, yeah, when it, when it comes to that whole situation, I kind of, you know, got caught up a little bit with the ACC deal, getting a little closer to home. But uh, Kansas State was definitely in, uh, in uh, consideration for sure. Do they just see you strictly as a corner? You could think about nickel, or what, what, what do you think of the plan will be this season? I'm not 100% sure yet. I can't, I can't be the one to say that. I have to talk to the coaches, but um, I feel like I can play a little bit of it all, so we'll see as, as it unfolds. Did you hear from them immediately when you entered the portal the yeah. second time? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, actually, I reached out to Coach Kleiman once before. Our, like, well, when I was, like, making the decision, reaching out just as, like, a, you know, a mentor type deal, just like what do you think I should do in this situation, and you know, kind of, kind of help me make that decision where it was best for me type deal. Is there something of Joe Kleinerman's philosophy that you really like to embrace? Yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't say so much of the philosophy. It's just uh, Coach Kleinerman is a real smart guy. You know what I mean? He knows football. And just from my first time dealing with him at NDSU, I learned a lot. And I feel like I'm still in a position where I want to grow and learn more football. So I feel like, you know, just being around him again, I, I get the chance to do that. Have you had a chance to watch much film from K-State last season? Uh, I've, I've been watching a little bit just in my first couple of weeks up here, you know, just kind of seeing how guys play and, you know, the movements on the field, rotation and stuff like that. So seeing a little bit. Have you been able to mesh with the – some of the guys that have been here a while yet, or like the other, the, I guess the corners that returned last year? Yeah, no, I've definitely been able to hang out with a couple of them, uh, you know, just kind of getting into the groove of it all, you know, helping me figure out everything as, you know, as I'm new and stuff like that. So, you know, it definitely helped me kind of transition over here. What was your uh, relationship with Kleiman before he left for K-State? Um, I think I feel like I had a pretty good relationship with Coach Kleiman before he left. Um, you know, it was just more of, he kind of, him being more of a DB-oriented coach, he kind of helped groom me a little bit, you know, gave me a lot of attention just coming up out of high school, you know, attention that I felt like I needed. So uh, I felt like we had a real good relationship. So was it a huge part that since he's here, it's easy to come here to reunite with Coach Kleiman? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think, uh, you know, the relationship that he built with not only me but with my parents and, you know, my siblings and stuff like that, it's a, it's a little bit deeper, you know. So it's like coming here after my whole situation at Virginia, I felt like, I needed to be somewhere where I could be appreciated as a as an athlete and as a person. In spring ball and heading into the season, K-State fans have an opportunity to get to know you, so this is a good opportunity to let them know, um, you know, what are you all about? What kind of player are you? Uh, for me, I like to I like to say the biggest thing I focus on is physicality. I like to be physical out there on the field. And I mean, hard work, that's the one thing you're going to get out of me all the time is hard work. I'm here to work hard. Coach Kleiman knows that. And hopefully as we continue to progress, the guys on the team will know that and see that I embrace that idea. I think what I love most about Josh Hayes' defensive back transfer from previously North Dakota State for four years and then three games with Virginia is that he is experienced. He has played in 55 games. He, he only has a couple of interceptions under his belt, but he is physical. He's got some speed. Coach Kleiman knows him, knows what kind of player he is. 
So he has the opportunity to play at a couple of levels. Uh, when I mean levels, like a couple of different positions is what I should say. The, the, the nickel position is completely up for grabs. Somebody's going to have to fill that spot. No more Reggie Stubblefield, and from what I understand, no more Ryan Hennington. I'm not exactly sure uh, what that situation is, but um, I can't rem- honestly, I can't remember off the top of my head if he was a super senior or just a regular senior. Mm. I, can't, I can't tell you exactly right now. I know he's not back as a super senior. I can give you those names here in just a moment. Uh, but he was also elected as a team captain in his last year at uh, North Dakota State, so he's a leader as well. Nice. So also who I do like as well is Brandon Jennings. I li- I love the size of this kid, a linebacker, a big linebacker. Cody Fletcher, he's gone. Um, and I, you know, Eric Munoz, he he hardly got any time. But there is, you know, when it comes to the depth at linebacker, there's some spots up for grabs. And Brandon Jennings is somebody who you're going to definitely see on the field. Three years of eligibility remaining. He was on the field right away for Maryland. He played in that West Virginia game in game one. And he came out of there with three tackles. He had a career high six against Illinois. Yeah, he, he he did run into a little bit of an injury, kind of in the middle of that of that season, where he was starting early. And then his role did drop a little bit in the second half of the season. But he is a play-right-away type of guy. At least I hope he is. He's played in eight games and uh, 23 tackles under his belt. And here was my conversation just a couple of hours ago with new linebacker for K-State, Brennan Jennings, out of Jacksonville, Florida. Now, have you had to deal with much snow in your lifetime? Um, Slightly at my previous school, of course, but this is definitely a different type of atmosphere that I'm in right now. Uh, just had to embrace it. So what does it feel like to be now a Wildcat after a year at Maryland? Um, it feels great. I feel like we have um, a great team coming back. I feel like we're building on a lot of things and that we'll, we'll have a bright future. You had some early playing time, right, and then you got hurt. So what's it like bouncing back from an injury at the college level? Well, it was very slight, but, you know, of course, you know, you have to chime in on getting focused on recovering and everything. So I feel like we've done a great job with our strength staff and that I'm really back on track and I'm feeling great right now. I'm just looking forward to the spring and the season. Who on the team so far have you interacted with and you've really uh, you've gotten to know and kind of become friends with? Uh, of course, the transfer guys um, from Joshua, uh, from Joshua to Kobe, and other guys as well on the team, on uh, the linebacker group. Um, I'm learning everybody day in and day out. To be honest with you, but I feel like we have some great guys around here. You know, Coach Kleiman with a lot of positions. If it's got some depth, they're going to rotate guys in, and a lot of dudes are going to have a, a chance to shine. You're going to definitely be one of those guys that's going to have an early chance to shine. So, when you get that first opportunity to hit the field at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, what are fans going to see? Well, to be honest with you, um, I just want the fans to keep their eyes out, and I'm not much of a talking guy. Uh, I just say pay attention. <laughs> yes, sir. What's your favorite sports movie? My favorite sports movie? Probably The Water Boy. I feel like that should be everybody's favorite sports movie. If you like football and physicality, you should like The Water Boy. I've watched it probably a thousand times. So when you hit somebody, is it a similar style to Bobby Boucher? Yes, sir. I just, I, w- I just say I wouldn't um, scream about my mom, but of course. <laughs> <laughs> Love ah, it. that's funny. He's my guy. Yeah. He's, uh, I, I, that answer really sealed the deal for me. I like this Brandon Jennings guy, and I hope he tears it up in his first season. Same. Three years of eligibility remaining. He's a quiet guy. Um, you know, you can hear in the interview. He doesn't have a whole lot to say. He just wants to prove it on the field. I asked him that movie question. He opened up a little bit. And then we got to know the real Brennan Jennings. I don't want to start any Bobby Boucher nicknames yet. <laughs> yeah. But I'll wait for the first hit. When he lays 
the hammer down on, on some poor jabroni on the offensive side of the football for the opponent, that's when we can start talking maybe a little Bobby Boucher. Little Brandon Boucher. Just bring the uh, bring in the, uh, whoo, that's some fine H2O. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been a great question. How do you like your water, hot or cold? Uh, I should prefer Gatorade. What? Yeah, yeah. Then he, then he just went, no. I like the guy, but who else do I also like? The voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. We wrap up his time with us for this season when we come back on the game. Back to the game on News Radio KMAN. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Sage Williams with us as well. Now joined by the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. The Chiefs season comes to an end. 27-24 to the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime AFC Championship game. Mitch, I appreciate your time. The uh, I suppose there's going to be two plays that are going to be talked about from this game more than any other. The first one was the second and goal at the one right before the half. Instead of kicking a field goal, go to Tyreek Hill in the flat. Uh, I suppose I kind of have the conservative blood from Coach Snyder in me a little bit, and maybe I'd kick the field goal, but I know hindsight's twenty twenty. but did you like the call? Well, let's just look at it from a Bill Snyder point of view here. The caveat to me in go ahead and kick the three and fans boo saying you're not aggressive uh, is the fact that on the first down play, after the defensive pass interference, there's only nine seconds left, Mitch. When you have nine seconds in the National Football League and you have no timeouts remaining, you're not only playing the Bengals in whatever play call you have, if you have any offensive penalty once the ball is snapped, it doesn't matter if you score. It's going to be a 10-second runoff. To me, the caveat there would be, hey, it's going to be a runoff. There's too many bad things that can happen, and we can keep momentum right where it's at, just kick the three because we've come down here in less than a minute after their 41-yard screen to Pirine and say, we go into the locker room. If nothing else, it's just even uh, from a psychological standpoint. As it stood, that play, and we know now that I don't think that was Patrick's play, although he's taken the bullet for it. Patrick is. But I think that single play not only lifted Cincinnati, but it affected the Chiefs in the second half, especially Patrick. But I'm not going to blame Patrick here. I got a Super Bowl ring that I never thought I would ever have because of that dude. So that's that's my thought on it. But with a 10 second runoff, with no timeouts, nine seconds. Honestly, Mitch, hindsight is the worst thing that happened was getting the defensive pass interference call in the end zone because now you're at the one. You're that you're 36 inches away, but you're going to nine seconds and no timeout. But we're only a yard away. That almost became a detriment. Instead of going, let's just kick the three. We get the ball, then go down and kick another three and eat eight, six minutes off when you're up three possessions. And Cincinnati has lost the psychology, and they're running out of time. Well, usually it doesn't matter if you're second and goal of the one or with 10 seconds to go or whatever it was, or uh, if you're at your own 45 nine. and it's fourth and three. Oh. Yeah, nine. So Patrick Mahomes is always going to want to go for it. He's the one that loves to be aggressive. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, did it just feel, especially in the second half, that Mahomes was just a touch off of his game? Well, okay. Like movie reference here. You know the other guys? Uh, yes. The funny movie. Really. All right. Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock were aggressive, too, <laughs> jumping off the building. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So it's just... Hey, doing a costume, my guy. I charge the hill. I didn't throw a machine gun right there. Oh, okay, but you're aggressive. Well, no, you're not effective anymore. So I'm all about being aggressive. And with that, and with Patrick, you get the wasp. 
again, I got a Super Bowl ring. Uh, but in this instance, think through it, boys. Think through it. Nine seconds. It's a runoff. There's a two. Meet, there's a hundred things that can happen wrong. Just kick the three, and we get the ball. So, okay. That being said, now I can't. I forget your question was. It was off a tick in the second half. Give Cincinnati credit. They did a few things. Everybody, they're getting too much credit though. Like, hey, they dropped a wow. That was the most genius thing they ever did. Well, they didn't do it on every snap. And quite honestly, guys, the Chiefs had second and six, second and six. The interception uh, where he threw it to the defensive lineman, Hill, was second and three, second and six, second and six, and second and goal to go at the four to win the game. Those were the downs and the plays that were the second biggest factor in losing this game. The Chiefs were winning on first down. So... It wasn't like Cincinnati was like, man, it was the greatest defense ever. It was Tampa Bay in Super Bowl 55. No, but the Chiefs struggled in executing on second and medium or short. Speaking with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, in my opening there, I talked about two plays that the fans have been talking about the most. I would suppose, I would say the other one would be right before the end of regulation, before Butker kicked the field goal to tie it up, go to OT, you have... um, Patrick Mahomes takes the snap, and you know fans were saying you know Travis Kelsey was open. You had Byron Pringle open middle of the end zone, and Mahomes ends up taking a sack. I mean, is that the play for Mahomes? If you're him, you're probably having some nightmares about it. It's that one play you're going to be thinking about the most during the off season. Well, I think it's several. He had the pepperoni pizza at two a.m. Okay, the play before the half sets this whole sequence off because he cares so much. He cares so much about the guys. And he's putting it on himself. Here's the other thing. Dana Hughes had a good point, not on the air that day, but later yesterday when I was talking to him on another show, was the fact that you had 13 minutes to think about it. Now, Patrick's better if it's like, dude, you're right back out there. Man, go for it. Yeah, okay, i got to forget it. But this was 13 minutes and realizing how big that play was. Patrick is that smart, and he cares enough about his team that if indeed Coach said, hey, let's just, you know, let's just kick it. No, no, I can do it. I can do it. All right, go, go for it. And then you didn't do it. Now you're feeling like you let everybody down. That's the way Patrick's wired, and I admired it. It's the reason we won 12 games a year for four straight years, which is third in NFL history. All right? So, but, 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 I just think it affected uh, Patrick's psyche the rest of the game. And in that one, he wants to make a play to, but he almost lost the ball. I mean, we, we had to jump on the ball. We're not even going to get the field goal to go to overtime. But it was just off a tick. Cincinnati did a good job, made a few adjustments. But it wasn't the 85 Bears. Chiefs didn't execute on second down and short. Maybe run, or at least show run, run formation, because people were moaning about the second down with Kelsey not being on the field on second and goal at the four. Well, now they were showing the possibility of a run and powering it in. So Cincinnati had to think run here. But you got to make teams think run, and that's even putting like one back in the backfield. There were several times the Chiefs were empty on those second down and sixes that ended up being, hey, we'll just drop the guy. So, yeah, there's a thousand things to think about, but I'm staying with this team and staying with this quarterback. Sorry if I put you on the spot with this next question, but now that it's the postseason, you start thinking about free agents and who Kansas City is able to keep around. As far as I understand, there's a bunch of free agents out there when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. and who can Almost, be... uh, well, about two dozen, just if you want to know. Yeah, quite a few. A so. Lot. A lot. I mean, do you have a a feeling on who Kansas City might try to keep around, or you know, maybe those that there's really no chance to keep around because the price tag's too high? No, but the high degree of confidence that I've got 
in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I have that in Brett Beach and his staff. It's such a good infrastructure. Guys, think about it. Nine years, uh, winning seasons every year, six straight division championships, and they've already set in, in NFL records in a couple of instances. Okay. Answer your question. The Chiefs are top-heavy against the cap. We know who the parties are here. Frank Clark, Anthony Hitchens, Tyron Matthew. Some say Orlando Brown Jr., but Orlando Brown Jr., where he's at in years of service, and the fact that I thought he made drastic improvement throughout the season in his pass blocking. He's a great run blocker. And this offensive line showed some, some excellent camaraderie in moving forward uh, throughout the season. So you can franchise him, even work on a long-term deal, that you franchise him on the 8th of March. And then the other three that I mentioned become even more difficult. Mahomes restructures his contract, perhaps, gives you some cap room, and then they can go get aggressive. But here's the biggest thing that Chiefs fans have to think about and why you admire teams like the Patriots, who won for so long, the Steelers, who won for so long, and that is the fact that you do not pay a guy on what he has done. That's the brutal world of the NFL with the salary cap. You pay a guy based on what you think he's going to do. There's no reward here for saying, hey, great job. You helped us win the Super Bowl. Guess what? We're going to give you a big contract moving forward. There has to be proof that that player is going to perform at that number for the next three to four years of the way the cap is structured. If not, you get into big trouble. That's where the Chiefs got into trouble in the late 2000s and the mid-2000s. Sometimes you have to make some painful decisions, and there's some big ones coming with each, but I, I, I think I, I have great confidence in him and the way they handle the cap. You know, Byron Pringle is somebody that raised his stock this past season, and, and his his value probably went up about a million dollars a year just by this season. He made two point one yep. this year. He'll probably make hopefully over three million to come. But have we seen the last time for Byron Pringle in a Chiefs uniform? I wouldn't go that far. Hmm. First of all, I've tried to uh, allude, and I think I've got this point across the last couple of years is how valuable he is in so many ways. And it's not just, oh, catches and yards. So I, can, I want to take Pringle on my fantasy team because he's from K-State. This is the Byron Pringle that can line up at running back tight end XYZ. He blocks. He's the door hinge. He'll set that wink, wink, nod, nod. Oh, what a great route. Kelsey's wide open. That's, a, that's an art form. Oh, he'll return a kick for a touchdown or a decent return. He's got great value. Now, that value, again, has got to equal what you think he's going to do in the future. But based on what we have seen the last two or three years, do we think that's going to diminish any time in the next two to three years? Without being biased here, we're K-Staters, but I don't see that. I mean, here's where you get, here's where you get hoodwinked on a Byron Pringle deal. If some other team comes swooping in, it just drops a big pile of cash on it. And sometimes a team that has cap room, your division rivals, wink, wink, nod, nod, can say, we're going to weaken you and we'll take the door hinge and take one of your tools out of your tool chest and pay him, maybe overpay him, of what the league would see just to make that move. It's the corporate culture of, hey, I'm going to get a headhunter to get the salesperson that's kicking our butt out of there so we can get back on top. I mean, that's the same feeling here. Now. Rodney Hudson, it happened with Rodney. The, the member Rodney was killing it. His first four years at the Chiefs, Greek center. 
Here come the Raiders, drop a gazillion dollars on him. Rodney's like, I want to stay, but I can't turn a gazillion dollars. So Rodney goes. Now he's still humming along uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, but the only way the Chiefs kind of get hoodwinked here is if somebody comes swooping in and just drops a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of money on Pringle. Otherwise, I'm not going to say the Chiefs are going to retain him or not, but I'm gonna, I do know they know how valuable he is, and he's way more valuable than, than meets the eye. With the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, so do you find yourself rooting for the Bengals on the 13th, or are you going to take the Rams? Neither one of these teams. Uh, <laughs> Riley County or Silver Lake. Let's <laughs> uh, see that. In Silver Lake, I shouldn't say Riley County. All my Silver Lake buddies will go, wait a minute. Your son played quarterback here and you lived here 20 years. Uh, the um, I, I just, I somehow we're going to slow down the Bengal train. I mean, that's, that's our rival now. Uh, not to the point of this is the Raiders, Broncos, or Chargers. But this would be like maybe OU playing for the national championship. And how many times have you rooted for them to win it all? Not very many. Uh, yeah. not. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, sorry, Bengals fans. And who 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 ripped off who with the Saints thing? Who doubt and who day? Oh, good point. But, yeah, I thought I mean, that who, too. Who's first? Who's first? It ticks me off because they all hear they do the same chant, doing the same rhythm. I'm like, there's some plagiarism here. You get <laughs> kicked out of school for this. So. The goats. I will take the goats. Uh, Aaron Donald. I just go ahead and sack Burrow fifteen times if you want. He might. And yeah, go, go, goats, go. <laughs> what do you think about Washington's new name, the Commanders? I like it. Me too. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's cool. Uh, but somebody, if you want to go deep into Commander, you can find something wrong with that name. Honestly, but I, I pretty much like it. So. Way to go. It took you long enough because now we know they go, you know, woofed, like woofed seven and the Giants nothing. So, uh, yeah, I'm good with it. We got, we I, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of dumb, dumb nicknames or boring nicknames. You guys know that. I just, so Commanders is cool. I like it. We do have a couple of minutes left. I was in Kansas City yesterday for the Elton John concert, and I was worried about somehow getting snowed in or you know the snow affecting me from getting back to Manhattan for tonight's basketball game against Oklahoma State. So how much snow is Kansas City getting, or has have they got? Depends where you're at. Depends where you're at. If you're north of downtown, not much. Uh, way less than what they thought. One to three. Uh, south and east of ten. Whoop, different story. You're looking six to eight, like Sedalia, if you get that far east, I mean, you're looking about a foot of snow. So it uh, kind of depends where you drop the rock. But this game against Cincinnati, too, just, it was a, it's the Texas A&M 98 game. Sorry. It, it was, this was the Chiefs' year to win it. They can win it next year. But K-State was going to beat Tennessee. They were going to bludgeon them. But I just feel like the, the Chiefs got back to the one seed. They were the best team in the four remaining, at least the most comprehensive, and let it slip away. But that's okay. Love this coach, Hall of Fame coach, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach, Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback, Pro Football Hall of Fame tight end, 12 wins for four straight years, third in NFL history, six straight AFC West titles. That's never happened. And the fact that four straight AFC championship games at home, that's never happened. I'll take my chances going into 2022. All right, Mitch, well, that's going to do it. I appreciate your time all season long, and before we know it, it's going to be training camp. So I suppose, hey, if you get bored, I guess you can call in. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll shoot around any topic you want to, but if not, we'll, we'll talk to you in a few months for uh, training camp. We'll be here before we know it. 
And for you, Silver, I'm going to pick Silver Lake here. One, <laughs> and two, I won't even go Riley County. I'll go one further. The Riley Wildcats or the Leonardville Yellow Jackets or the Randolph Ramblers. Let's go way back before big damn foolishness and talk about D-A-N, not D-A-N-N. And let's go real nicknames here. So, <laughs> you got the Leonardville Yellow Jackets up against the Randolph Ramblers, baby. You better call any police. It's going to get nasty. God, you want to talk about before my time, Mitch? Hey, man, I appreciate it. We're up on the clock here, so we'll we'll talk to you soon. Go St. Xavier, the other Rams too. Go, go for them. Go. That's voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holt is coming up next. Mitch Palm, K State versus Oklahoma State, up next.